Hey, you're listening to Just Say the Word. I'm your host, Erin Sanchez, and this is a storytelling podcast. In every episode, you'll hear a story from me or my guests from around the world. Then we'll encapsulate a key lesson from that story in just one word you can apply in your own life or business. If you're an entrepreneur looking to get inspired and make your mark on the world, you're in the right place. Your story is your legacy, and I want to help you tell it better. Visit candidlyerin.com for more writing, communications, and personal branding advice. Today, I'm going to share a story that might be a bit taboo for the coaching industry. Why? Because, in short, I think there's a lot wrong with the industry, yet the very nature of it makes people feel like they can't say anything. Something must be wrong with them if things aren't working out. But first, you need a backstory. So I started my business nearly 10 years ago, though that doesn't mean it was successful all those years ago. I started playing with the idea of going out on my own and quitting my 9 to 5 back in 2010. I got my business license, slapped up a website, you know, I did all those things that meant I was an official business owner. But it wasn't until 2014 that I finally left the cubicle life behind for good and started consulting as a marketing and communications professional. At the time, I was also doing some freelance writing. By the end of 2016, I was ready to grow again, and I started looking at ways to pivot and scale my business. I landed on coaching and course creation because, well, I'm a natural educator. I love teaching, I love putting big ideas into simple frameworks and methodologies, and I absolutely love helping other people transform their lives and find success on their terms. But when I started down this path, I was overwhelmed. Of course, it was a completely new business model for me. Aside from having seen what other people were doing in the space, I hadn't tried it myself. I knew that from starting my freelance career and my consulting business that I didn't want to spend a lot of time piecing everything together from free information around the web and reading a ton of books and things like that. Don't get me wrong, those things are valuable and I'm constantly educating myself, as I believe we all should, but I wanted a faster path. I wasn't looking for a magic bullet, I didn't want to get rich quick scheme, but I wanted something like a mentorship, an accelerator, or buzzword of the year, a business coach, someone who could help me go where they'd already been, just to sort of help accelerate my path. And that's exactly what I did. I dove into the world of coaching. I figured if I wanted to be a coach, I should see what others in the space were doing. So I followed several of them on social media. I explored their programs and their courses, their Facebook groups. And before long, I realized again that I needed to take action instead of just continuing to research incessantly. That's my downfall. I use perpetual research as a procrastination mechanism. I was desperate to get started down this new path so that I could scale back on my hours and scale up my income. There's nothing wrong with freelancing forever if that's where your heart is, but I did want something more and something different because I'm a future thinker. I'm the visionary type who always has to have something they're striving for and something bigger they're working toward, something new, a challenge. Anyway, I'd been following a couple of coaches really closely and I wanted somebody good like really good. I was willing to invest a chunk of change to get good services, but I was also nervous about it because the coaching industry is something that pretty much anybody can get into. Testimonials can come from free sessions the coach offered when they were brand new. 
They can come from friends or colleagues and collaborators. There's no licensing or certification required to call yourself a coach, and you can pretty much charge a premium right out of the gate if you know how to market and brand yourself effectively. So I was a little skittish about dropping money on a coach, but at the end of the day, I decided that I would never know whether it was worth it, truly, unless I bit the bullet and found out firsthand. One coach in particular kept showing up in my social media feeds. I liked her, but at the same time, something felt off. Not super off, mind you, not like she was a blatant fraud or anything like that. Just something that my intuition said, she's not the one for you. But then she posted this video and it felt like she was speaking directly to me, which if you know about effective marketing is a really good tactic. For all I know, she'd been following my posts and using my own journey as inspiration for attracting her ideal clients, i.e. me. So I messaged her about the video, or maybe I just commented on the video. I don't remember now, but I said, you know, this is so spot on. This is exactly how I'm feeling. It must have been a comment because then I remember she direct messaged me right away and said, hey, what about the video spoke to you specifically? I told her, which now I honestly don't remember what it even was because it's been a couple of years, but she said, let's get on a call tomorrow. I'd love to have you talk more about why you might be feeling this way. My response, well, I've seen your website and I can't afford you. She replied, first of all, I don't believe in not being able to afford something, which dear listeners should have been my first red flag. Then she said, but I do have a special offer I think you'll be interested in. It's not my full program. No pressure either way, but I'd still love to talk. I decided to go for it. After all, what did I have to lose? Maybe I could get something super valuable out of the call, and maybe she did have a great offer for me. Maybe she was the right coach at pretty much any price. So the next day, we got on the call, but she was late. Not by just a minute, but by about 15 minutes. Now, I'm a pretty forgiving person, and I'm not super uptight, so I let it slide. But it was another red flag. On the other hand, the call was amazing. She made me feel great, she made me feel understood, and she called me out on some crap that did help me start thinking about my coaching business in a whole new light. She boosted my confidence, and she made me feel like I was going to make it big time within just a couple of months. Then she told me about her program. It wasn't cheap, but it was cheaper than what she had offered as her full program, the one I saw on her website. It was a mini program of sorts, and looking back and knowing what I now know about coaching, I should have realized that what she was looking for was a quick injection of cash for her own business, which means, potentially, there was trouble behind the scenes. Now, this isn't always the case, but it is another red flag or perhaps a yellow flag that you should be cautious of. I was so tempted and at the same time so scared to drop money on this woman. I asked her a lot of questions, questions about the details of her program, what exactly she could help me with, would she be able to share online marketing strategies, or was she more of a mindset coach? She gave me all the right answers bit of foreshadowing here, I was looking for strategy, not mindset. 
Now she's great at sales. And so she said the price and then she just stopped talking. That is a mega effective sales approach if you're looking for sales tips. I figured I had the money and I had money coming in. So what did I really have to lose? Now, before I go on, I want to make sure that my message here is very clear and that I don't place responsibility for my decision on anyone but me. My coach didn't force my hand. She didn't withdraw money from my bank account without my express permission. In all honesty, she didn't really pressure me in a blatant, obvious kind of way. Like I said, she was a pretty slick salesperson. So we got our coaching engagement going and we started off on a pretty good foot, but I found out that I'd paid for little more than a weekly phone call that really focused on, drum roll, mindset. Mindset is absolutely critical in business, so I'm not saying there isn't value there. However, I was transparent when I spoke to her about my request for marketing strategies to help my coaching business get traction and grow, and I explicitly expressed that I did not want a mindset coach. Now, part of the program also included Voxer support. You might know it, that little walkie-talkie app where your coach can check in on you and text you during business hours to help answer any questions and tackle any challenges you might be facing. When you're paying a premium price for coaching, in my opinion, as a coach myself now, I believe that although a coach should not take responsibility for the client's success or the failure, because ultimately, yeah, that is on the client. The coach should take responsibility, though, for the promises they've made to their client. They have a responsibility to provide the services that everyone agreed upon. A huge part of any business transaction is setting and meeting expectations. Now, with my own clients, I make sure to take the initiative to reach out to them and check in, see how things are going, see if they've run into any roadblocks, things like that. This is my standard of service, and I believe it's the ethical way to run a service-based business, especially when you're charging a premium rate. Again, I'm not saying this to complain about my coach. I live my life with no regrets and I take full responsibility for my own actions and decisions. However, not only did this coach not proactively reach out to me, she was pretty delayed in responding when I reached out to her. I started to get frustrated with the amount of money I'd put into the program and the very little effort on her end, plus the lack of return on the investment that I was seeing. The longer I thought about things though, and the more I reflected on the posts I'd seen from this coach before we started our engagement, the more I started to realize that she was going through a tough time in her own personal and business life. This was impacting the way she ran her business. I sat with everything that I was feeling and yes, I journaled and I ruminated on it. And in the end, I decided that what I was most mad about was that I didn't listen to and trust my intuition. Intuition is the ability to understand something immediately without the need for conscious reasoning or a thing that one knows and considers likely from instinctive feeling rather than conscious reasoning. In other words, it's a hunch, a gut feeling, an inkling. The word intuition is loaded because we're flooded by 
self-proclaimed intuitive coaches. These days, you're only one click away from seeing all kinds of posts about crystals and meditation and manifestation and spiritual guides and on and on and on. Now, I'm not bashing any of these things, nor am I saying you shouldn't use them yourself. If that's your jam, run with it. If not, scroll on by. To be completely transparent, well, I think crystals are pretty and journaling and meditation absolutely are wonderful things and they have their place, but I'm not super woo-woo. I am a firm believer in following one's intuition though, because intuition doesn't have to be a spiritual quest or something you consult crystals or a manifesting coach about. Intuition is simply our gut and some part of our brain telling us to put on the brakes. Maybe this isn't the right thing for you to be doing right now. This isn't aligned. It can be as simple as this doesn't feel like me or this doesn't feel right. And if I do this thing, I'll feel guilt, regret, resentment. The list goes on. I'm sure you've had these moments. We all have. It's whether we listen to them or not. It's whether we lean into these feelings and really pull apart what they mean or whether we ignore them. These moments when your gut gives you a little pang can be intuition guiding you, or on the other hand, it could just be fear. And you don't want to let fear completely drive all your decisions, even though fear does have a valuable place in our lives. Fear is a biological response. It's meant to keep us safe. But we're not cavemen anymore, so we get to examine our fears and see whether they're really keeping us safe and serving us, or whether they're keeping us from taking calculated risks and doing something that maybe feels scary, but ultimately isn't really dangerous. Hiring a coach for me wasn't dangerous. I wasn't on the brink of bankruptcy or I couldn't you know, buy groceries or anything like that. I don't fear investing money in my business, so I should have listened to my intuition. It wasn't fear. It was my gut telling me she's not the right coach for you. This isn't what you need, and you're not going to be happy. So how do we distinguish intuition from fear? That's the big question, right? Well, it's a matter of simply asking that question. Oftentimes, we don't see the distinction because we aren't cognizantly thinking about which it is, fear or intuition. By just taking a step back and asking ourselves what's really going on, we can start to peel back those layers of emotion and understand where they're really coming from. For example, are you afraid of spending money? No, you've bought courses, you've invested in that great pair of boots, you've dropped money for website design, whatever it may be. So why does spending money on this other thing make you feel differently? These are the kinds of distinctions you need to be looking for. Fear of uncertainty is very real, but if you've gotten over that hump before, then you know this time it's different. And of course, it doesn't have to be about money, but a lot of the time in business, that's where we have to make these big decisions that impact our future in a big way. So that's why I'm using money as an example. The other thing I would say about distinguishing fear from intuition is getting logical about it. Okay, I understand that intuition and logical reasoning are kind of at odds with one another, but if you start to get this nagging feeling and you're wondering whether it's fear or intuition, Step back and take a moment to analyze the situation. What are the pros and the cons, the risks and rewards? And now that you have your list, take a moment to examine whether you're trying to come up with more pros or more cons or more reasons to do or avoid one or the other. 
I found that when my intuition is telling me to run with something, but I'm acting out of fear and I'm not running with it, if I do an exercise like this, I can find myself leaning very hard subconsciously in a particular direction. So that looks like adding more pros or more cons to skew the results, which means that's really what I want and that's really what feels right. Why does intuition play an important role in our businesses? Or maybe a better question is why should intuition play an important role in our businesses? After all, shouldn't business be calculated and analytical? Here's why, in my opinion. If your gut is telling you to try something specific in your business, it's probably because that particular approach is what works with your personality, the way your brain functions, the things that you'll actually enjoy doing, which means they're things that you'll actually do, that you'll take the time to carry out. So if you're leaning away from an activity, even subconsciously, it's probably because you know it's not resonating with you and therefore you won't put your full effort and energy into it and therefore you will not be successful with it. This is why, in my opinion, intuition in business matters. Now let me circle back to the story about hiring a coach against my intuition because I want to throw another lesson at you. I've already highlighted multiple times the fact that I don't blame my coach, right? I just want to make that clear. But more importantly, I'm in a place where I don't even blame myself. Yes, I ignored my intuition and I've learned not to do that. But I believe that we can always take what's happened in our lives and the experiences we've had, even if they aren't what we anticipated them to be, and make use of them, find value in them. That coach, she wasn't the right coach for what I was looking for, and that's a bummer. And we didn't get on the phone or have as many helpful conversations as I would have hoped. That's just the truth. But she was damn good at what she did as a mindset coach. And the few conversations we did have left a lasting impression. They made a profound impact on the way that I still run my business today. In fact, it impacted my personal life in a pretty profound way. I find myself going back to some of the conversations that my coach and I had again and again and again. I reflect on those and I apply those in so much of what I do in my day-to-day life. And the reason I'm able to do this is because I've let go of any and all blame on all sides. I don't think things happen to us. I think things happen and we get to choose how we react. Instead of framing this experience in a negative way, in a why do unfair things happen to me way, I look for the good in the experience. I look for what I can take away from something that didn't go as planned. I seek the lesson from the challenge or the hardship, which is really what so many of these stories on this podcast are about. How do we take the shit that has happened in our lives and turn it into something we can use to move forward, to progress, and to succeed in all areas of our lives? If you can start looking at things as just simply happening instead of happening to you, I think you'll find yourself in a much happier place because you can learn from all experiences, good or bad. And now my intuition is telling me it's time to wrap up this episode, but I'd love to hear if you've had an experience where you didn't listen to your intuition and realized you really should have, or perhaps an instance where you did listen to your intuition and it paid off big time. 
I hear one or the other from entrepreneurs all the time, and I love these stories. So please share yours using the hashtag, just say the word. I'd love to hear your take on intuition and I'll catch you next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe and tell your friends. If you want to learn better branding and communication skills or more about this podcast, please visit www.candidlyerin.com or just say the word podcast.com. You can also find me everywhere on social media at candidlyerin and make sure to use the hashtag just say the word in your social media posts so I can see your stories of resilience, transformation, and lessons learned because your story matters. Remember, your story is your legacy. Everybody has a story and the world should hear yours.